0: In a galaxy not so far away, there were two people with a bunch of time on their hands and hence, good any time of day listeners, uh, you are listening to Paribus to Prophecies, a podcast where we discuss economics in situations real and fictional. for a good theme song today we're discussing about the structure of economy of the star wars universe before the advent of the galactic empire and during the clone wars i am one of your hosts akshat adlaka uh, i am ayush malik and i am the
1: second host
0: yes we are students one of us is an economic student and the other is a management student uh, i am the economics one. Also, one of us is amazing, uh, we'll let you decide. <laughs> let's start, uh, what, do we, what are we starting with Ayush? Uh,
1: I would say let's begin with the scale of economy to actually gauge the economy of the universe. So let's start with the basics, energy. Many will agree that there exists a very high correlation between energy production And economic output. A previous research examined the relationship between energy consumption and economic output in the G7 countries. The study suggested that there does exist a positive linear relationship between the two. So while it is difficult to say that the stronger the economy the more energy consumption, it is easier to say that they go hand in hand. So, when we talk about the Star Wars universe, it is without a doubt that they are harvesting energy millions of times more than Earth. To gauge the scale, we use the Kardashev scale. Now, the Kardashev scale was given by the Soviet astronomer Nikolai Kardashev in 1964. So, the Kardashev scale measures a civilization's level of technological advancement based on the amount of energy it is able to use. Now, I am sorry to use maths here, but it is based on logarithmic growth. The Kardashian scale distinguishes civilization into three main types. The first is planetary, where a civilization has complete control over the energy of the planet. The second type is stellar, a civilization that can harness the total energy equivalent of an entire star's output. And the third is the Galactic, where a civilization can control energy equivalent on the scale of an entire galaxy. Earth on this Kardashev scale would stand to roughly 0.75 after considering ourselves as a sub-global culture. <laughs> to actually place the Star Wars universe on the Kardashev scale is a bit difficult. Even though the Galactic Republic spread across half of the galaxy, it did not colonize every known solar system. So that's Britishers 1, Star Wars Universe 0. <laughs> <laughs> also, a lot of energy wasn't harvested through the sun as we do on a beloved planet, but it was harvested through nuclear energy due to which the dead star became a possibility. On a rough estimate, the Star Wars universe will stand between a two and a 2.5 on the scale. This viewpoint comes after seeing that the universe is capable of powering hyperloop spaceships, lightsabers and the dead star. So if the kardashian scale holds true, this will mean that the stars Wars economy is 2.5 million billion times larger than that of earth. Let that sink in USA. Also please if someone from the USA is watching please sponsor our podcast.
0: Uh, why someone, why not the whole USA, the whole country of USA sponsor the podcast, please?
1: For that, we'll have to have oil in our country.
0: So, um, that was about it for the scale of the economy of the Galactic Republic. Let's talk about trade. Trade was an underlying point of existence of a huge Galactic Republic. It was to support Interplanetary trade that many planets and systems came together to form a republic. Aside from the political benefits, of course, the importance of trade can be explained through a method of a CPF and PPF. In economics, there is, the simple question of economics is what to produce, how to produce, and for whom to produce with resources that have alternate uh, that are scarce and have alternate uses this brings us to a fact about the ppf the ppf is a graph that shows how much an economy can produce of two goods say rice and wheat other thing is cpf cpf is uh, how much of two commodities or many can an economy consume so uh, let's say there are two countries a and b now a has very good irrigation system it could grow rice at a far higher efficiency Uh, that means if it only grows rice it could produce more rice uh, as compared to b now country b produces wheat in a in a very efficient manner it has the correct weather for it so uh, the country b can produce more amount of wheat than the country a now let's say that both the countries produce both rice and wheat all of the resources that they have they employ them equally in both the sectors and the amount that they can consume by this is far lower than what they could consume if they did trade if country a only produced rice and country b only produced wheat well they could exchange both of them and enjoy a far higher output and this is the importance of trade and specialization also in the Star Wars Galaxy, we can observe that even though a planet can exist on simple intraplanetary trade, but it can only be prosperous if it is a part of interplanetary trade. Here we can take the example of Tatooine, a planet in the Outer Rim Territories which sparsely took part in interplanetary trade. It, I don't think it had any kind of infrastructure too. In contrast to Coruscant, the capital of the Republic, or even the spice producing planet of kessel we can observe that the infrastructure and governance if any of tatooine was sparse tatooine's populace lived for subsistence in most cases except maybe sometimes in terms of entertainment like pod racing the planet also saw the existence of slum lords like jabba the hut which led to inequality so we can observe that interplanetary trade is at the heart of existence of advanced and affluent economies in the Star Wars universe. This insinuates towards the incentive of peaceful interplanetary trade by productive planets. This could be one of the major reasons for the formation of the Republic. Furthermore, as the faith in the Republic grew with time and resulted in almost non-existent tumultuous times, trade flourished and so did the planets who took part in it. Under peace time benefits, trade flourished. And there were some economies who would be more productive than others. So they came together to form lobbying groups in the republic senate. One of these lobbying groups was the intergalactic trade federation. Now trade federation was one of the wealthiest corporate organization in the entire galaxy. Say uh, from a contemporary example let's take let's assume a multi-billionaire in our world. Now since the economy of star wars is 2.5 million billion times the economy of earth the our equivalent of our robber baron would be million billion billionaire now say a hundred million billion billionaires came together to uh form an organization with which would be a super million billion billionaire now say a hundred super million billion billionaires came together to form super super million billion billionaires and this process continues itself for a couple more times till there is super 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 million billion billionaires and a few of those would be as rich as the galactic trade federation the trade federation uh, controlled most of the interstellar shipping passing through the rim territories it was started to mediate disputes between shipping firms it slowly gained momentum to become a large, powerful, commerce guild, trade cartel, mega-corporation, and lobbying group in its own right as an association of business and trade groups. With its own large commercial fleet of, for trade and a big-ass army, it had droids. It's about a thousand or a million billion of uh, Jeff Bezos' contemporaries. <laughs> now, let's talk about. Now let's talk about specialization. Now since a huge chunk of planetary income comes from exporting to interplanetary market, many planets tend to specialize in single or fewer areas, for example Kessel, specialized in spice. Now spice is a material which had a high variety of uses from medicines to weaponry. Although these planets may have used unfair means of production along the way, they produced for a galactic economy. Also, spice is a perfect example of the resource that we talk about in economics since it can be used for medicines as well as weaponry. In a more contemporary situation, we can see economies not withholding in the long run by specializing only in one area except maybe a few oil producing countries for the past few decades. Prosperous economies tend to diversify what they produce for the international market. We can observe from Venezuela and Norway how specialization was undertaken and what was, it, was its impact. Venezuela started producing oil in the 1910s, before which it was an economic outlier. However, during 1920-1980, to 1980, it was one of the fastest growing industries. At one point of time, it was the largest exporter of oil in the world. In early na- 1980s, the price of oil started declining and it collapsed in 1986. Venezuela had overborrowed and overspent trying to live off the resource rent of oil and is now considered a failed economy. You see, there was hyperinflation just a couple of years ago. Economic and political instability created an opportunity for the man who would become Venezuela's next leader, Hugo Chavez, who organized a coup in 1992. Economic and political instability paired with mismanagement of a single resource economy led to the downfall of Venezuela. Uh no offense Venezuela but if you can please sponsor the podcast. <laughs> On the other hand we can observe the example of Norway. Norway was a relatively poor economy when it struck oil. Economist Jeffrey Sachs describes Norway as the exemplar of a hydrocarbon economy that does not want to live off its hydrocarbons norway saves most of its hydrocarbon earnings rather than turn them into a consumption binge and that's why they've accumulated over a trillion dollars in the sovereign we- wealth fund for the only 4 million Norwegians. other than this sovereign wealth fund norway has specialized in a variety of products mostly in the service sector like i talked about the technological disruptions the tertiary sector is said to be the economic takeoff for industrial economies who then later specialize in tertiary tertiary sector like IT and Norway has a lot of products such as uh, mostly in the service sector such as law and medicine and uh, etc. They rely on diversified specialization and that may be the cause of why a single visible resource eco- economy is as prospering as it is. And that
1: is why kids we invest
0: in education yep uh, not because two people can start a podcast about economics in the star wars universe <laughs> it, it, it's for the prospering econ- pro- yeah, Definitely. <laughs> this however is not the case of planets in the star wars universe planets tend to specialize in fewer areas as there is little or no economic or political instability There hadn't been wars fought by the Republic for a few millennia, and even the few odd cases of invasions and attacks were not big enough to bring about change in economic activities of the galaxy. Naboo being an exception. Prices were steady and linear while planning, and due to political stability and steady demand for goods across the galaxy, there was no need to diversify production. On the other hand, We could also assume that individual planets were as blindsided or had corrupt institutions that made them stay in their comfort zone of complacency and rent. That pretty much sums up our talk about trade in the Star Wars universe. Currency and banking.
1: Republic credits?
0: Republic credits are no good out here. I need something more real. The Galactic Credit Standard was the currency used by the Galactic Republic around the galaxy and it was. Also referred to as Republic Dateries, Credits, or Cred. And top secret, Shhh, Anakin loves Zumba.
1: Great reference to the app Cred. So, also Kunal Shah. Like, if you are listening, please sponsor our podcast. Like, please. I don't think he will be listening. uh, But if you are.
0: Please. Now... Although there were thousands of currency in the galaxy, the credit was the most widely accepted one, much like the US dollar in the current world. There were many plants in the outer rim, much like Tatooine, where the Republic credit was not accepted. An instance of this we just heard from the Toidarian Wharton who refused to accept Republic credits from Jedi Master Qui-Gon. The reason for this reluctance to accept Republic credits may be because of the exclusion of the planets from interplanetary trade. The Republic might put embargoes on a few planets for not conforming to their methods of doing things. We know that slavery was rampant on the planet of Tartuin. This may be the motive for the Republic's behaviour towards the planet. This currency was minted by the Intergalactic Banking Clan, the IGBC. They could be considered as a central banking authority to the galaxy or at least the planets in the core of the galaxy, the core planets. Now, the IGBC was autonomous and it was capable of performing all the functions that a central banking authority could do. The IGBC could and did hold assets even in the far-reaching parts of galaxy. Although nepotism and corruption existed in this institution, its services were mainly neutral and with the po- motive of simple profit maximization. It was essentially a bank or a banking sector. It had little or no interference in its operations by the Republic Senate except when the Senate would regulate it as a legislative authority. That is pretty much it about currency
1: and banking. So, let's talk about slavery now. So, slavery was a practice and institution. It was actually an institution as big, where sentient Beings were bought, sold, and held as a property of other sentient beings. Pretty similar to what happened on Earth. As unethical it may sound throughout the history of mankind, we have seen that productivity of slave labor is undeniable. The control over slaves played a huge role in the British industrialization. Uh, As we know, a transatlantic slave triangle existed between the Europe, North America and Africa. The slave triangle happened to operate on the idea of a barter system where goods were sent from Europe to Africa in exchange for slaves. The slaves were then transported to America where they were exchanged for money. All in all, the slave trade happened to be highly profitable for some countries, no matter how unethical it was. Similarly, in the galactic universe, slavery was profitable as well. There existed four categories of slaves, each differing in their cost and skill set. We can infer that there existed a direct proportionality between the skills the slaves possessed and the cost of them. For example, at the bottom, the slave class four cost estimates 2000 galactic credits per head. This class was suited for hard labor The third category of slaves consisted of unskilled labor who worked as domestic help uh, and the cost of them could have ranged between 2,000 to 4,000 galactic credits. The second category consisted of slaves who were considered to possess valuable skills and were even comforted by their masters. Depending on their skill set, they could have been anywhere between. 5,000 to 10,000. Infamous class 1 slaves were often used for entertainment purposes. The sole aim of the class 1 slave was to please their master and they ranged from 14,000 to 30,000 credits. Well listeners,
0: that brings us to the end of this episode. Tune in next episode where we figure out other aspects of the economy of Star Wars such as The impact of clone wars on the economy, and how did the Republic go about financing that war? Finn?